Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. This is Laurie Green Westlake and I am joining you from the only walk-in closet in our new house out in the mountains of Albuquerque, kind of past Albuquerque, and this closet belongs to my husband. There is no other room in this house for me to podcast and it not sound tinny or echoey. So once again, I'm in my closet's It's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to record a podcast. As I told you before I left, and many of you know because we've we've talked about it or I've posted about it a little bit on Facebook, but I have been in a couple of places. I went to South Africa, my first time in South Africa, to uh for some business meetings with the ministry that I work for. And South Africa is gorgeous. I I was so surprised. It wasn't at all what I expected. We were on a tourist town on the beach where the whales come for breeding and birthing during what is their winter time. And um, we saw, I didn't see an actual whale come out of the water, but I did see sp- Uh, those spouts, those steams, those puffs of water that they blow and standing on the beach watching that. It was spectacular. The weather was incredible. The food was great. The hospitality was out the roof. And the company that I'm working for is The Word for the World. And it is an amazing organization that does Bible translation. There are um, more than 7,000 languages in the world today, and nearly 4,000 still do not have full Bible translations. Some have scriptures and portions, but they don't have it in their own language. So you, most of you who are followers of me and listening to me are English speakers. Imagine having to listen to or read a Bible in a language you barely speak or a language you just trade money in. Like, imagine some of you speak a little bit of Spanish, but imagine trying to get through the book of Romans, or as today we're going to be looking a little bit at the beginning of John. Imagine trying to understand that. If it's not in the language that your mother spoke to you as a child, that your father taught you in, that you listened to in school, it's just best when it's given to people in their heart language. But that is another story. But that is where I've been. I'm going back in September for more meetings, and we are doing phenomenal work along with many Christian agencies around the world to wrap up the Great Commission. The time is short. The time is now. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Great Commission, hang on. In future podcasts, we will continue to talk about it. And there's a little hint of it today in 1 John 1 through 5, which is what I wanted to talk about today. The last two podcasts that I did, we talked about being the bride of Christ and what that means. 
And there is so much richness in the metaphor of a wedding, even though a wedding and the marriage is what we humans walk through for our own benefit to, to, to join and with a, a person of the opposite sex and procreate and have a family that's just who we are. But it's interesting to go back to the very beginning, to the very beginning and look at this from the angle of it's not our idea and it's not something that we're just taught culturally. It's actually God's design. Marriage and the act of marriage and the intimacy of marriage are actually God's design. And anything that God does, and we're going to see this in 1 John 1 through 5, anything that he creates points to Christ. So the fact that he has this plan through marriage it is to procreate and to multiply Christians across the earth. I mean, from the Garden of Eden, he commanded Eve and Adam to go forth and multiply and subdue. And then he he talked about that again after the flood with Noah's sons. And then he talked about that again at the Tower of Babel, trying to get people to multiply and subdue the earth for his glory, for his kingdom. And as we'll see in First John, that this has always been the plan. So let me read it to you right now. Um, I'll be reading from the ESV version. This is John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So you may be going, Laurie, What's that got to do with Great Commission? What's that got to do with marriage? Well, when we pull things apart, and you guys know how much I love this. I love looking up the original Hebrew and Greek words. And and, and this is just support for why it's so important to have the word translated from that to your heart language. And in Bible translation that's taking place all over the world right now, um, they do use the original Greek and Hebrew, and they also use neighboring language groups that have a Bible to try to work out some of the concepts or words that their culture is not familiar with. But anyway, what I want to do is I want to tell you what logos means. There are several deep, conver- uh, deep, um, definitions, excuse me. And logos is the Greek word used for the word we use, the word, W-O-R-D. So when it says, in the beginning was the word, the original Greek would have said, in the beginning was the logos. So when we look at the logos and we study that definition, as I said, there's it, it can go in a couple of directions. And one of the meanings is making order out of chaos, bringing order to speech, bringing order into a controlled place or substance. It also means 
creation from an idea. And it also means having a thought that turns into a plan. So I want to reread this John 1, 1 through 5, and insert some of those other, those definitions of logos. And it kind of feels a little different to me. The whole, this whole first paragraph feels different to me when we do it this way. And maybe it's because we are so familiar with these verses and, and they, we just know them like the backs of our hands. And we, we, we skim them maybe without really thinking about it deeply. So maybe even going back and looking at the original Hebrew or the original Greek, in this case, Greek, it is, it just helps us refresh. It helps us consider scripture more deeply. And it gives us the opportunity to think critically about scripture. And that was another, uh, it wasn't a podcast, but it is, was a blog I wrote about what we're missing when we've become so familiar with the Bible, like here in America, we have 15 versions and um, some of these verses can just become so familiar, so ordinary that we don't critically pull them apart. And this is kind of my platform right now is critically pulling apart scriptures that have been familiar to me because I want everything that God has for me, every revelation, every direction, every piece of him that he wants us to know, if it's in a scripture that I'm just glossing over, shame on me. So I want to always, at least right now (laughs) in this season that I'm in, critically think, critically study the Word of God. So as promised, here we go. I'm going to read it and insert some different definitions. Now, I did have all this written out. This morning, I typed it all up on my computer, and then I had to go to work in my office for the rest of the day, and I didn't save it. In my rush, I didn't save it, and I lost that document. So I'm going to be doing this off the top of my head, and hopefully with the power of the Holy Spirit, which is another thing I just want to say. That same Holy Spirit that ministered to Jesus, he's there to minister to you. Side note. Okay, here we go. Me translating parts of this scripture with the Greek meanings. In the beginning was the plan, the thoughts God had of you. And the plan and the thoughts and the bringing control into chaos was with God. And those thoughts, that plan, that putting order to chaos, that was God. Those plans and thoughts and ideas were in the beginning with God, and all things were made through those thoughts and plans. And without the perceived thought and plan, the logos, the ideas of something greater, without those, without that spoken plan, nothing would have been made. And within this plan was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.
Okay, now ponder this. The way that I just read that, it's all, it's saying that Christ has always been God's plan, has always been the revelation of God, has always been the grace, the the, I don't want to say the word thing, but it just keeps coming out. The thing, the, the substance of who God is, is actually in his thoughts about you. Okay? So in the beginning, that plan was in place. And then God, we're told back in Genesis, spoke creation into existence and spoke man and woman into existence and spoke that powerful Ezer woman into existence. And what we learn from John is the plan was there first. The plan came before your father dated your mother. The plan came before our grandparents. The plan came before... 2,000 years ago, the plan came six, 7,000 years ago, nearly 7,000 years ago. When God spoke us into existence, he already knew that he would be revealing himself, his order, his thoughts of grace and salvation. And it would take place over the course of time. So. I know this is a little out there, and and for some of you are probably going wait back up, Laura. You, you lost me, and and I get that. And so what I'm going to try to do is is write some of these thoughts in a blog and get it down in the next week, and I'll post it, and then I will post it on my web page, lauriegreenwestlake.com, under the blogs, and kind of break it down for you. But here's here's the thing. Everything. It, this scripture says that everything was made through this plan. And so when God designed man and woman and brought them together in one flesh, where the two will become one flesh, that was already a design to teach us something about him. So we see in the scripture, again, let me just see if I can find a way to say it easier. From this scripture, we see that the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word was in the beginning, and everything came through the Word, everything was made through the Word, anything that was made, anything that wasn't made, let's see, how do I say that, it wasn't, and nothing that was made wasn't, did not come through the Word, okay, just back back up let me just read it and quit trying to paraphrase it all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made so if all things came through christ at this point and christ is the revelation of god and christ is the substance of his thoughts and his plans and his grace and his salvation and we see that everything that was made was made through Christ. Then before you and I were made, the plan of marriage was already in place. The act of marriage was already in place. And it was in place to reveal the mystery of this, of John 1, that it is Christ is the creator. And everything points to him because everything was made 
for him, through him. So everything is pointing to him, even our ceremonies. And we know that marriage was his idea because he said the two shall be joined as one. That Adam would take Eve. And that Eve would have Adam's back. So why is this important? It's important because in our culture today, we are so me-focused. And we are so our own blessings, our own route, our own pathways. And the truth is, when we humbly come before the Lord and we say to Him, all of these things are so great and all these things were created by you and all these things were made for you, then and we lay our marriages and we lay our relationships on the altar, we begin to understand that we are living examples of his love and his grace, right? So the next time you want to get in an argument with your husband, and I need to remember this too, but the next time we do that, I have to stop and say, my marriage, it's not about me and my blessings. My marriage is about a demonstration of Christ's intimate love for me, including the act, which is something I'm not going to talk about on the air. But if you are in my Facebook group, She Heard, and it's a private group and you can ask to join and we'll we'll bring you in, but it's called She Heard. Um, I, I sometimes will write in there things that I wouldn't put out in public because it is a private group. And today I wrote a little ditty about the Marriage Act and how it mirrors Christ's salvation. It's wild. It's crazy. But you know what? I love it. Because like I said just a, a couple of minutes ago, if God has something for me, if the Lord has a revelation of his, himself, even if it makes me a little uncomfortable because culturally I've been taught wrongly, I want to learn it. I want all he has for me. You know, I don't want to get to heaven and go, oh, I never saw that. Or, oh, gee, Lord, I missed that completely. I want to get to heaven and go, there you are, Lauren. You're, you're better than I expected, but I knew you. Do you know him? If you don't, it's important that you do. And let me just wrap today up by saying you can know him and you can know him intimately. But first you have to accept Christ as your Savior. And you do that by believing that he is who he says he is. And by knowing and understanding that you can't earn your way to heaven. There's no good work. None of us can do anything good enough. It is all by the grace of his death on the cross. And he did it because we read in John 1, 1 through 5, we read that everything was made through him. And that includes the relationship he wants to have with you. Okay, that's it. And I also have to apologize for not having the music. You guys, when I, I've gone two weeks Without recording, now I can't find my podcast music. Of course, we've moved, started a new job, went overseas, then went to Texas, kept the grandkids for a week. We went to Jellystone. It was wild. And I'm just getting back in the saddle. So forgive me for my shortcomings, but know this. The entire time I've been away, I've been thinking about you 
and praying for you and praying for this army of knowledgeable, biblically astute warrior women that are going to help take the world for Christ. Okay, that's all I have today. Love you all. Check me out, lauriegreenwestlake.com.